Hey everybody, it's Jim Mallard here. Welcome to the Mallard Report. The Mallard Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things. Robert Clotworthy. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. Fancy new buttons, everybody. Hold on. Okay, SarahTheWoodDuck.com. Find unique gifts and animal prints at SarahTheWoodDuck.com. Go check that out. She is doing some great cool art and books and all that other things over there. SarahTheWoodDuck.com. Next one here. Let's bring me up, and then we'll start reading this other one. My guest tonight is Erica Lukes. She is a UFO archivist, historian, and researcher. She's appeared on multiple TV programs on the subject of UFOs, on the History Channel, the Science Channel, and the History Channel. She's working on an upcoming book about her experiences in paranormal matters and investigations. Erica, have we ever have we ever talked? I mean, I know we've talked before, but I, I don't remember actually sitting down to do an interview. You know what? One I swear the, that we have. One way or the other. I, like, I remember we've been in the same circles and we've talked, but I don't remember it ever being... Had to have been somewhere, somewhere along the line. Uh, yeah, I, I think we have, but of course, clearly neither of us remember that because, you know, Grandma Moses can't remember back that far. <laughs> What'd you have for lunch today? <laughs> nope, nope, no, I don't even know that. <laughs> so, let's start with the easy question. How are you doing today? I am fabulous, and thank you for having me on tonight. This will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's like I said. So I was telling Erica here before we got too far down the line that we have kind of wrapping up UFO month. So um, just give my list because, like I said, I feels like I've known you forever too. So why don't you just kind of give me the thumbnail sketch of your what got you into it and where you are today? Oh boy, yes, this is good. No, I um, I've always you know since I was a little child, I remember being in at grade school and in the school library. And I, I picked up a book, which was, I believe, Dale White is something up there, and it had a UFO on the cover. And I was like, oh, whoa, you know, mind blown. This is, like, so cool. And, you know, then and there, I mean, this was, yeah, grade school. And so it just was, it was something that was intriguing to me, like it is to many people, you know, the thought of there being life that is, is visiting us. From another planet is, is a very cool and, and thought-provoking thing, and you can go down a lot of rabbit holes. And so over my high school you know, years, that's when um, communion and, and some of the abductee stuff was really hitting the, hitting the scene and making all the talk show circuits. And, and so I you know, followed that, and I loved the paranormal. I just loved digging into unexplained things. And through that process, you know, I had a real kind of a quickening when I was involved. I was state director for Utah MUFON and I had, I started to ask questions about, okay, we've got this organization that's been around collecting money for 50 years. We have all this data and nothing's been done with it. It's just like 
what, you know, what, what's going on here? And so I started asking questions and then I started seeing some of the, the bad, really unethical and unprofessional behavior in, in the, this, the UFO, uh, subculture. And I, I moved away from MUFON. I resigned, um, as did my assistant state director at the time. And then I just did personal research and became an archivist. And as I, you know, really, and I, when I, when I, and this is like the long-winded answer. Here you go. I'll just talk for the next hour. I told you you could. So, (laughs) So, you know, I began because I live in Utah. And so, you know, 20 years ago, I'm hearing about this illustrious ranch and, and all of these cool, crazy tales and going to meetings and uh, uh, watching people speak about the subject. And, and I'm a very, you know, I, I get in there and if I, impassioned about something I devote a lot of time to research and I take notes and I have you know the, my my process of, of things and I've met a lot of been introduced to a lot of colorful characters who were trying to feed me a specific line either to you know get more viewership for their TV show or to promote a narrative that isn't true um, so they can do grifting they can grift and and or do maybe work for the intelligence community. Who knows what what's going on? Um, but it opened my eyes to a lot of things, and it was a very, um, like I said, it was a quickening. It was a like a shamanic dismemberment, and everything that I had had thought or wanted to believe in that kind of that pureness of your, you know, you're, you're an adventurer, and you're going out and you're looking at all of this stuff and isn't life cool and wow, we're doing this together. I mean, that really was kind of ripped out from my foundation when I realized what people were about. And I realized that there was not a lot of verifiable evidence in this subject, in my opinion. And so that's, I've kind of swung full circle. I'm not a skeptic, as some people might like to say. I just believe in logic and I don't believe in in the myth, the myths that have been made and and keep reoccurring in in this subject. There's no, show me the proof, you know. So okay, let let's. Re-rack. That's a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say let's re-rack here for a minute, and let me get my feet back under me. Um, so here's my question. Well, first question, I guess. Let's go back to the MUFON stuff for a minute, because. I have never understood what they are doing. <laughs> I mean, you kind of tap, you kind of tapped on it, but I hear that story so often for people at the state level, or even some of the, you know, like that story just keeps being told. Like they gather all this stuff and then they, well, I'll say it, you don't have to produce Hangar One, you know, sell Ooh, them. Oh, right? Lord, forgot about that one. Yeah, I know. That's that's probably the last time I paid attention to anything. Right. So there's my data point. But like, okay, and, but most of those stories they were even on that show weren't great. Like, I thought they, I mean, honestly, like for a, what I know now is, you know, I mean, probably not accurate. I thought the production value of the show was good. And I know that some of the people that were on there did research and they were very genuine about what they, they believed in to be the truth, you know, and so, it, when I also met the, because uh, I was at the MUFON Symposium and I met the producer of the show and he was a really 
fantastic uh, guy. Um, but yeah, it is. It's like it's just a a place where you deposit all of this data. And of course, we know with Bigelow over the years that you know that's where a lot of this is going. And and that, unfortunately, to me, from what I I know now, I believe is is a dangerous thing to be giving your personal information like that away to Lord knows who. And I think I will warn people about social media and some of these different places where you can get sucked up in these, you know, UFO Twitter or some of these places. And it's like they're just mining information. And some people that get involved in this just don't handle it well. So I... I think that there are lots of great people in MUFON. Um, I still speak for a couple chapters and I really, you know, there, I like, I, it's, it's interesting. I think each chapter is run so separately and, and it's very different. So you can go to one chapter and they're more logical about things and, and have a, you know, an approach that is much more ethical, I think. And then you've got other chapters where it's like, we've gone off the complete deep end and we are, you know, it's, there's some revival in the background and, and the demons are coming and, you know, wow, I, it's, it's very different. And, you know, to me, again, I have to go back to the, the data. It's like, what was Bigelow doing with the data? Because I can guarantee you, he was not looking for extraterrestrials. He was looking for a way to manipulate people and, people that particularly are drawn to conspiracy theories or fringe ideas. And I, I fully believe that. So I've, I've got a loaded question. We're here. Was he looking to manipulate the people that are on the membership side or the people that are telling their story? I, I think, I think all of it, you know, and again, I don't have the tangible proof, but all roads certainly lead to Rome when you've got, um, you know, this, this man who's been funding abduction research and funding, you know, the collecting data and there's net, he has never produced a shred of anything that is tangible or can be backed up. Nothing. Well, he's also collected a lot of money from these members and entrance exam, or not entrance exams, field investigator, field investigator, excuse me. Yeah, he doesn't make money off of that though. That that goes like the, the different chapters make money and, and then the, the exec you know, the the uh move on headquarters. But I mean who knows what goes on behind the scenes. As I say it all trickles uphill, I'm sure. Just yeah. Saying. So and I you know, over the years he's done different studies about, you know, if you were to approach uh, I think Victoria Alexander did she did do a study uh, on behalf of the Bigelow Institute about how to uh, you know, if you approached a person in the religious that was uh, heavily into religion, how would they view this event and this event? And so, again, it's a way you see now when we've got things like Cambridge Analytica and we have ways that people that are in, you know, the business of collecting data can can mine information and then push a narrative. And that is, is happening and it, it is really out of control. And I... I've, fully believe that that's what has happened in in UFO research over the years. Since we're down the, um, oh, I almost said it. Oh, I'll just say it. I don't really care. I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to. The shithole of ufology. There, there is good stuff at the top, but there's also all the stuff, you know, like it's like kind of like an outhouse, you know. you got the top and the bottom. Um, so I'm going to throw the government in the bottom. 
Um, I don't know. You know, I used to think they were withholding stuff from us. I just, anymore, I think they're not. I mean, I'm sure they have some information, but not as much as people are led to, or think they do. Is that a fair yeah, I, don't, I don't think. I yeah, absolutely. I I fully agree with your statement. I don't think they have a, a clue. Um, and I mean, to be honest, they're studying. You know, I mean, they're they're involved in what's taking place in China, what's taking place with Russia. You know, I mean, it's there's there's a whole scenario down here on Earth that we have to be focused on. And I don't believe that they're. Yeah, I I I agree with you. I'll just stop right there. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to double into this for a second. Is there anything that if we had a great if the military or the military industrial complex, as I doubled the size of it, had a secret this big, do you think they could keep it? No. Too many no, too many I, people. Absolutely, you know, absolutely, and I think it's you know, I mean, if, if you know, yeah, I just don't. I don't think that would be possible, and I don't. I think we would be, if that was the case, we would be much more in tune with working with other governments, because this would become a true, potentially. And I'm not saying it would be a global threat, but this would be a situation where we would need to come together as world leaders and make a determination on how we're going to engage. Instead, we don't see that at all. So, I definitely think that what they've thrown out there over the years has been maybe little bits of, you know, oh my gosh, look at these black triangles. And Bigelow was really big at the black triangle UFOs. They're seen over Lake Michigan. They're seen over here, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, well, look at what we've got now. Look at what we're, what we know we have as far as technology and imagine what we actually have and we don't know about. And so it's, it's a great, great way to manipulate a subject to manipulate you know, public and and hide specific projects and things. So yeah, it's. I don't think I think yeah, that was again another long-winded answer. But I'm on a roll tonight. Thank you. <laughs> I was say, I, so, I, I, I'm doing well. Okay, so now I'm going to tee up for another one. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do this right now. Uh, Shifting gears brought to you by EvergreenPodcast.com. Shifting gears brought to you by EvergreenPodcast.com. Okay. So we, we've kind of spewed up what people shouldn't do if they have a UFO experience. But now let's turn the page and let's talk about, I don't want to say something positive, but, well, compared to the last 15 minutes, it kind of is. <laughs> right? <laughs> As we start up, up the escalator here. Um, I mean, because... We're having a self-help moment yeah, right so, here. Yeah. We're getting back together. Um, so, what, I mean, I've never had the experience. I've never had a UFO experience, right? But if I did, what should I, I mean, who do I, what do I do? I would I would get a journal and I would write things down and I would hold that experience very close to my 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 vest because at the end of the day I don't I don't need other people to interpret what I am personally experiencing because the second you look outward for validation then you know your I your personal experience can be manipulated by a whole bunch of people that are you know, grifting along. I mean, I don't necessarily want Jeremy Corbell or George Knapp to tell me what I'm seeing because, you know, that's just, it's, that's kind of silly. But so I, I mean, hold those, hold those experiences close to you. And then in the meantime, do research about specific things that have 
nothing to do, you know, I mean, that that aren't in the UFO world and going down that rabbit hole. I Make your you, own, you know, do you know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, it makes perfect, perfect sense. Now I'm going to backslide for a minute. I'm sure you've probably heard this before. This is the worst thing I've ever heard during the show, and I didn't hear it live on the show. I heard it uh, before or after with somebody. I'm not going to mention her name because that's not relevant. I'm sure if you think hard enough about it for a few minutes, you could think of five people that would have said this. All you need is an experience. Just tell the same story over and over again, write a book, and then go speak at some events, and then somewhere in that process, while you're out of that event somewhere, have another experience, rinse and repeat. You'll be on the circuit for years. If you play the game, you're, you will be on in, in that little group. But, you know, again, that's a, that's a tough group to get involved in because there's a lot of, a lot of ego and, and backstabbing and, and, you know, strange goings on. It's, it's a pretty tight knit little group, but, um, it, I think it is true. You know, you can have one story and, and spend your whole life telling that and, and that's not necessarily you know, I mean, it's it's a way to earn a living. I guess. I mean, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At least you get to travel a lot, you know? That's good. Yeah, those places that nobody else ever wants to go to. <laughs> this is a very good point, but I, mean, I give, don't know. <laughs> give me another, give, I love Roswell. Give me another reason that you'd ever go to Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> Well, yeah, that is very true. But mm -hmm. I will say I did drive to the border of Area 51 once, and that was about probably a little bit not as exciting as Roswell. Well, did you did you push your lock or did you stop the sign? Uh, luckily, uh, the person that was driving uh, went right to the sign going, uh, you know, probably a little faster than was that I was comfortable with. And so I, you know, this was kind of one of those moments where I, my <laughs> life flashed before my eyes, but luckily it was just, you know, he was, it was, yeah. Anyway, we stopped, but they, you know, it, and thank goodness they, that is obviously a very secured installation and they're, they monitor that and they take it very seriously. And so that was, I, I, I've been there, done that, you know, been, been to the, you know, border of Dugway and, and things like that. And I'm, I'm good. So, my question is, I love this question, because nobody can give me a straight damn answer on this. And I don't expect you to either. But you can drive down in front of a, a major highway in front of Fort Knox and see it from the road. <laughs> Where all the, okay, big air quotes from my video listeners, money's, or gold's supposed to be, right? It's literally, you could fly a kite over it from the highway. Don't recommend it, but you could. But Area 51, you can't get within, what is it, miles of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, which is a good thing because they're testing, you know, top top secret technology, which is the same with Dugway. That's why they're both out in such remote regions. Um, so those are kind of the two places. And I think definitely Dugway is probably even more so now um, and, and maybe has been for quite some time in Area 51, but we've got a lot of stuff going on out there, including we're still doing open-air uh, testing, which is great. This is why I will have a third head by the end of the hour. <laughs> uh, well, you said third hair. I, I pictured that fish from The Simpsons with the three eyes. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> just just for whatever. 
I don't know. <laughs> there it is. Not not necessarily a great point or talking point, just a great random thought that pops in my head. I and like that, it. And then out comes the mouth, too. See, that's, that's even better. Um, do you... Now, we had all these um, balloons. Again, more air quotes for people. Maybe they got that one because I was not looking. Um, and I'll guess a couple months ago. That's kind of what started me in this UFO fever that I had for the last month. And... Uh, what do you make of all that mess? I make, you know, I mean, I I think we've been flying things over everywhere for quite some time. And I remember I had a, a case that I investigated back, oh my gosh, when I was uh, director of MUFON here. And I had gotten a call from Fox 13, a reporter at Fox 13 News, and she had um, asked me, you know, she said, okay, we've got people that multiple people, hundreds of people across the Utah or Salt Lake Valley that are taking photographs of objects that look remarkably similar to what we saw with the Chinese balloon floating over uh, the Salt Lake Valley. And it was very interesting because they were traveling. There were five of them, I believe five to seven. Some witnesses differ on that, but they were traveling in unison and they would stop and hover and then move according to witnesses and I, you know, got in, I started getting into the social media, uh, pages and contacting people that had, had been, had witnessed this and taken photographs and videos. And so I met with people in, in different areas and things. And it was very interesting because the airline traffic from my recollection was kind of at a standstill from that time because these objects were, they were obviously visible to the eye. Um, and they were flying in, in the, corridor for the Salt Lake International Airport. And it was a very interesting case. I, I worked with um, uh, Bill Tuck, uh, Bill, oh my gosh, I'm so bad. This is my brain. Anyway, I worked with a really great person and I can't remember his name and I'm so, Bill Puckett, is it, but it was Bill Puckett. So I worked with him and we did a FOIA request for information and Robert Powell at the time um, from SCU when he was with MUFON then. And we got back unreadable text format um, on that. But people were describing, you know, there were fighter jets flying along or, you know, monitoring the situation. And it was really interesting because the next day the objects were seen over in Breckenridge, Colorado. And there was, and you can find this on YouTube. I love this. It's like the October 2nd mass UFO sighting Colorado, if you Google that. Mm -hmm. And this reporter, Matt Renault, over there, got a hold of the story and he interviewed police officers, interviewed, tried to reach out to NORAD, tried to reach out to everybody because people were just like, what is this? And nobody had an answer. And then, you know, of course, everybody's saying it's a UFO, it's a UFO. And so it just kind of, you know, disappears off the radar after a while. But I mean, that was a prime example of, okay, was that ours? Was that theirs? what's going on here and it was pretty crazy so i think this is not a new thing that we we do they do well i'm assuming we do it too i mean absolutely they I would do imagine. It, we do it kids that call it to do it oh wait well <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> I mean, but it but, was, it's like always interesting to see though, you know, it's like, oh, look at UFOs. It's like, no, that was not a UFO. I don't know what, you know, I mean, I, so I, it, it was, just, it was funny to watch the people coming out and saying, 
this this was a UFO and whatever. I don't know. It it really wasn't, but I think we know. Most people know that. <laughs> it's, Maybe. It's, it's a. It's good that people are looking up though. Let's. I I always come back to that. At least people are looking up and seeing things. I think that's great because I first of all I love just I love astronomy. I love geeking out and laying in a blanket in the middle of the summer and looking at all the stars with my you know telescope and and I think it's just it's such a I mean it's just beautiful. I I love I love that and I I think it is important to look up especially now because you know here in Utah we're going to start using drones to deliver medication and don't ask me how that one's going to play out. That's going to be a weird one. But, you know, there's so many things that are are going on in our skies that we, we don't, we're not aware of. And even here in Utah, in Salt Salt Lake Valley, if you look around most evenings, you're going to see at least three uh, uh, fight, uh, excuse me, um, military helicopters that are circling the Salt Lake Valley. And I would imagine that's because we've got, you know, the NSA here <clears throat> out in Bluffdale, and we've got a lot, a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, but it's just like when you look up, it's it's a trip, and it's also a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, so I'll ask this. This isn't the question I was going with, but it popped up in my chat room. So I'll totally forget my train of thought, but I'll ask this one. Um, what, what do you think about the negative internal issues that? going on with a new fund, do you think any of them have been addressed to any extent? You know what? I have not, I've not been keeping track of what's happening. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Some of the stories that I've seen about that organization there, probably, what was that? Well, this was prior to COVID, so what, 2018? Somewhere mm-hmm. in there, where there were some scandalous stories coming out of about some of the people in that organization? Really troubling stories coming out, uh, and and very interestingly enough, they came out, and then you didn't hear anything more about them. Uh, if you're specifically referring to to the executive director who was accused of soliciting a minor, um, yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, and, and the uh, Pennsylvania state director had some several issues. Yes, yeah, several issues with being a white supremacist. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know how much of that. I mean, I don't know how much of that is organizational and how much of that is bad people, but I guess it goes hand in hand at some point. So I think, you know, when you have an organization, when you have a nonprofit and people are using the name of the nonprofit, you have an obligation as a leader or or leaders of an organization to make sure that there are checks and boundaries, you know, that you aren't uh, going out here and these comments aren't, you know, I mean, you're not doing what has been done over the years and they you know had um MUFON has the the idea that they you know and they do this a lot of politicians do this um maybe not anymore but it's like you know if if something negative comes out you don't say anything or you make a really stupid statement and then you take it down (laughs) after 50 people have screenshotted it but you know they they didn't handle they didn't have an effective way to handle crisis communication and they don't, they didn't then have an effective way to keep a handle on the integrity of what people were doing. If this is a scientific research project, where is that? What are people doing? Why are they promoting demons? And, 
and all of these uh, crazy conspiracy theories that are are potentially. Uh, I mean, and I'm not saying you know, I mean, I don't, you know. Anyway, how, how just, are you mentioning demons more than some of the paranormal, the ghost hunting shows I do? I'm just curious. I don't, I don't know because it just <laughs> seems to be just a, it's the theme of the day. Demons. All the demons, you know. I mean, and plus, there's the new movie out about the Exorcist. I don't know, or whatever. Maybe it's maybe it's I should take this opportunity to ask: Is the Ouija board a good ghost hunting tool, or a good UFO hunting? <laughs> God, oh! There's a sound bite for you. If I wanted to mess it up, it would have been better. But. I, um, well, it's certainly a trip. Um, <laughs> I definitely have a Ouija board that could probably get sold on eBay for quite some money and you're not allowed uh, to sell haunted items on ebay anymore just so you know are you kidding no why would i lie to you about something like that okay what i am never going on ebay again yeah like took all the fun out of it i mean if somebody was eh, anyways i'll lose listeners if i say what is this about already say so i will stop okay (laughs) (laughs) just you know if you if you believe that some item is haunted and you're willing to pay Five, six, seven, ten, twenty times where it's worth. Right. Then that's, you should be allowed to, to die. That's yeah, free, free market. But. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, oh, we're halfway through the show. So I want to give you the opportunity because I know you started a new project and all this other stuff. So why don't you give me the sweeping promo before we get lost in the other thing? Yes, I, um, a few months back, well, actually towards the end, fall of last year, I was approached, uh, by Jack Brewer, who I have a great deal of respect for Me too, and have by had the way. for. Me yeah, too. I, he's, he's an incredible, uh, researcher and, um, I've, you know, followed him over the years and, and so it's, it's been an interesting process because I've gone from, you know, this a, a true believer to somebody that is is now logical and grounded, and I've gone through this process, and I I'm, I know that Jack and and others in the community have kind of watched that as well. But um, he approached me and just said, "Hey, I think that we could do create a really great nonprofit, and we could do what you want to do with preserving, you know, historical uh, pieces of, of information, and then also." We can continue to do what Jack loves to do, which is doing, and Barry Greenwood as well, uh, doing FOIA requests and really digging into some of the, the topics that we've been digging into, which is, you know, we've been, uh, Jack has done some great work on cryptocurrency and the UFO culture, which is, has been, um, in my face at a specific conference, uh, near a certain ranch in Utah. And, you know, you've got people like Avi Loeb and things like that, uh, people like that who are promoting crypto. And that's uh, making headlines every day for, you know, Safe Moon tanking and, and different things tanking. And so that's been really interesting. So we, we formed the nonprofit. We're putting out research. We did back in November, Jack did a brilliant interview with Thomas Winterton, who was the caretaker of, of Skinwalker Ranch. And we started digging into the tourism uh, board in in that area because they were paying speakers that were on the cast of Skinwalker Ranch uh, phenomenal speaking fees and then luncheon fees. I mean, you can go to a lunch and for 45 minutes and have access to Travis Taylor and he's getting, you know, 2000 bucks or yada, 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 all this stuff. And so 
it goes to you, we do research and do grammar requests and re, Jack reached out to the travel and tourism board and lo and behold the the tourism our taxpayer money is is going to pay for this event they're losing money and they're claiming you know that they've uh done these these great things because they're stimulating the economy well no there's a handful of people that are making money the people that go to the conferences up in that area are going to the conference they're staying at the conference they're eating at the food vending trucks outside the conference they go back to their hotel which most of the hotels and forgive me for going off here but this is kind of an interesting uh topic to me but the the hotels that the majority of people are staying at are chain hotels they're not locally owned um and so you've got you've got this kind of thing and that's what we're really we love to dig into because you've got there's so many resources people don't utilize when they're doing research and everybody can do this you know we you can do grammar requests for information about things you can do FOIA requests for information and Jack's been brilliant over the years like I mentioned and so was Barry at Barry wrote Barry Greenwood wrote uh, clear intent with his co-author Larry Fawcett after he had done they'd both done FOIA requests and and Jack has got the UFO trail a blog spot and he's done just FOIA request after FOIA request and is digging into the CIA and some of these things and it's just so cool and so we've got you know this and we're putting together we're now I'm I really both of us want to branch out because there's so many areas of of interest you know for me I'm living in Utah we have the Great Salt Lake that is drying up and blowing toxic dust you know, all over, and and this is a real serious problem, and and there are many social issues that I that we want to address and look into, and then and document and interview people and get an oral history, so people can can look back at all of these things and learn from people's experiences. I mean, it's it's a really it's a really great um, organization. I'm very proud to be involved with. Jack and, and Barry, and we're involving other people. Now we're getting into the, the phase where we are looking for grants, and we're, I know we're going to do tremendous things. We already have. So I'm very proud of expandingfrontiersresearch.org. Say that again, real quick. Expandingfrontiersresearch.org. Because it was kind of a mouthful, and I want to make sure everybody got the opportunity to make sure they got all the words in there. Because uh makes a difference when it goes to a website. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. It, it does. I'm just, but it's, it's really, you know, it's such a cool thing because I, you know, I, 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 I love learning. I love, you know, I, I love talking to people. And that's one thing that I still do with my show. I've just transitioned from UFO classified over to expanding, uh, frontiers so I can interview people and have like a broader reach and address issues like domestic violence or address, uh, health risks or address uh, the uh, misuse of taxpayer funding and things like that. I just think it's it's cool. I, lo- I love it. I'm having a great time. Well, we, full disclosure, <laughs> we talked about this before the show. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about my journey, and that's been key to me to keep it interesting. And someday, hopefully, somebody will look back and say, oh, wow, like, you know, holy smokes, here's a person who talked to these people who aren't related what's what's the common thread and go back and, and listen to them all and kind of piece it together and understand the different points of time that i was trying to catch capture and what i was trying to capture so 
See, and I think that's such a, a cool and powerful thing. And, you know, I know that, you know, I've got, I get people that are just new to my show, like I'm sure you do as well. And, and they don't understand what, you know, both of us have been through and our process, which is out there for everybody on the planet to listen to, you know, so you can go back just like with your show, go back seven, eight years and, and hear me interview people and hear my, and watch my thought process change as I gained more knowledge. And I think that's really a powerful tool for people wanting to get into a subject and hopefully they can get the condensed version and learn from us so they don't make <laughs> the same mistakes, honestly. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it tonight. Someday I told somebody earlier, I was, I'll put this in a book and kind of work that train out so people can hear it. But only problem with doing a weekly show is <laughs> it sneaks up on you in a hurry. And, um, yep. Okay. But it's fun though, you know, oh, I, yeah. love, I love it. just like, uh, yeah, me too. I love, it. I mean, sometimes it is hard when you get tired or you've got certain things going on in your personal life. Um, but it's like, I, I, I could spend, and I do spend all day talking to people because I love hearing people's stories, you know, whether they're coming in to do, I have a, uh, yeah, I own a Pilates studio as I have for many, for two decades in Utah. And like, I mean, they're coming in and I've got all of my UFO books everywhere. And they're like, oh, my Lord, what did I just walk into? <laughs> it's like, I thought this was going to be Pilates, and I'm guessing that there's a little more. And then I've got my my Hammond organ in the corner and my guitars and my percussion instruments. It's just like in my art and blah, 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 blah. But I've let, you know, it's like no matter, you know, I mean, people come in and we have had the most extraordinary conversations about whether, oh, did did you have an experience in the paranormal? Did you have an experience? Did you, you know, what were, what are your thoughts on the UFO subject? I mean, it's just, it's so much fun. Like I will never, never lose my, my love of just connecting with people and hearing their stories because that's, that's important. And it's important like you have done over the years. It's important to preserve those stories so, for other people. Uh, one more question. More, well, one more point about this and we'll jump back in the UFO stuff for a minute. Um, I I had to laugh because somebody said, "Oh, you host a little podcast," and I said, "Yeah." And I started listening off people I've talked to, and their eyes got big. <laughs> you know, like you what? How? Like I had a stack of books in my desk for a while of all the New York Times bestsellers I've talked to. And there was Is, isn't that great? And like I think you and like for I mean for me and maybe maybe this is clearly the wrong business strategy, <laughs> but like I'm, you know, I don't. I don't, I don't care if I've got 50 people watching a show or 50,000. Oh, this I is totally a, a agree. labor of love for me and I'm doing what I want and I'm not going to, you know, if I, I'm, I think one, if, if one person out there gets it, then I've accomplished my job. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. So I, I think a little podcast can be much more powerful and a lot Cooler oh. than like a big name podcast who pops out of nowhere, yeah. who clearly, you know, is a paid actor or somebody who is, you know, got the, the, the skills and doesn't necessarily have the knowledge, you know, of, of things and, and, you know, whatever. So maybe I'm a little jealous. <laughs> uh, well, but even, I, you know, know. I wouldn't let all the restrictions and pressure that come with that big money. But anyways. So I've got a fun question for here for you because this will this will probably tee you up again. Do you feel there are enough women involved with UFO research, or is it still just a 
old boys club? You know what? That's a, that's a great question. I think that, oh boy. I mean, I definitely think there need to be more women. I think there as a, you know, this, the good old boys club is very real and it is very hard to break into that. And, you know, I mean, I look at specific email lists and, and the who's who, and there aren't any women on that list, I can tell you, which I find, you know, pretty, you know, sad, remarkable. But um, so I definitely think we need more women, but we need more people that are willing to do research and that are not willing to, you know, that are, that understand the pitfalls in this and aren't going to go down rabbit holes and think they're having, you know, I mean, people do get into this and they, they can have some um, mental health issues. And I've seen that over the years and that can be very traumatizing and frightening. And so I think we just want to, we want people, I know Jack and I are both the same way. We want people to, to get into this and be um, healthy and, and grounded and not have experiences uh, like um, Emma Woods, who was, uh, a, a patient of Dr. David Jacobs, and we did a great interview with her. Um, but, you know, I mean, so we need, I think, yes, more women and, and, and women that have integrity and ethics and, well, and let's want stop. to support other people. <laughs> let's stop right there for a second. <laughs> people with integrity yes. and ethics. Yes. It doesn't matter if yes. they're men or women at this point. Absolutely, I think. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm totally, thanks for catching me on that one. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, we do, we need, there need, you know, the reason this subject is, is still not taken that seriously is because it's like the wild west and people, you know, you have people that I've, I've mentioned to people before on the, uh, earlier this evening that I think have been really, um, something else over the years, but it's like there, there are no standards, you know, somebody, because they're a journalist allegedly or, or, or can put out half cropped stories that are not only not true, but um, there's some pretty questionable people involved. And, you know, we, we need to, to be better than that. And I, it is exciting to see certain people that I've come to know on, on Twitter. I don't try not to get on there too awfully much. Um, but, you know, I mean, there are people out there that are now asking questions and that are asking really, really good questions. And I love that. I think that's refreshing and that's what we need. And people need to be, if they're promoting garbage, they need to be held accountable. And, you know, Skinwalker Ranch is, is top on that list. Um, just go in there because I like to go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I've got to thank uh, William and Germantown Runner for their questions, but this question comes from Kat Ward, and she wants me to ask you this question. I'm going to ask it because it's an awesome question. I have not heard this yet, so here we go. She's been seeing in the news up here in Canada that the Pentagon claims a mothership in our solar system. What do you think about this, and will we have an extraterrestrial craft soon? Um... You know what? I would say that there's not really a chance in in the world that the Pentagon would say something like that, um, especially given the the gravity of global situations right now. I don't think that. No, I, I don't I don't think that. But it's really hard because again, you get all of these. You're bombarded when you get on the internet with stories from from places, and they're 
you know, I mean, it's, they're not necessarily factual. So I don't, I, I would love, it would be great if there was, I would love to have the mothership, um, come down, you know, I would, I would love to have a close encounters moment. What can I say? You know, an ET moment. I love, I love that, but I don't, I don't know if that has, you know, there's no tangible evidence that that's happened. And again, I think it's a distraction created by people in, you know, that are either grifting or in the intelligence community, probably. Yeah. And just putting stuff out there to kind of. Yeah. And I love the question though. I mean, I, that's that's a great question. Thanks for asking me. Here's another great question. I forget who wrote this one up there, but I grabbed it. Um, Are there any future plans to produce or appear on any UFO shows? Besides what you know, besides what I would say you actually, I did get a, um, a message from a production company uh, a couple days ago wanting to potentially do a, a new series and things. And I've been, you know, over the um, past couple of years, I've been working with some producers to potentially pitch a show that I would be doing where I, I would be traveling to places and interviewing people that I think are, are of merit talking about this subject. And so potentially, but right now it's not on my um my radar because I'm doing so much on the, the business front here and then also because the expanding frontiers we're planning on doing some great interviews with that. So we'll see where life takes us. I love doing I love, love, love doing TV. I grew up I was a um professional singer for most of my adult life. Um and so I love I'm very comfortable performing and doing things like that and it's a lot of fun. It's hard work but it is fun. But I definitely would not say the things I said maybe, you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago on a show. And this is, this, this one comes from Dermatown Runner because it's a smart question and I love it. And uh, it's funny this comes up because uh, somebody asked me about, well, part of this today, artificial intelligence will change the landscape, will artificial intelligence change the landscape of ufology and how it's approached in the field? It seems like there's a lot of boundaries out there What are that are about to be pushed hard. What do you think? I, I think that it's, it's, I think AI is pretty, it's going to be an interesting ride. I think there are not a lot of checks and boundaries on things like that. And I don't think at the end of the day, it, I think, well, it's going to be a rough ride. I don't know how much that's going to change. I, I think um, as far as certain people promoting things in the UFO world, I'm sure that they're, have a, a vested interest in making money using <laughs> using these technologies and, and things, and so they could use it under the UFO guise. But I'm not sure. I don't know how much that would help. But I am. Um, it'll be interesting. I am interviewing uh, Dave Troy, who's a technologist and somebody who has researched, you know, data mining and things like that. And that'll be interesting to to ask that question. You know, I will ask him that question. It's a great question again yeah well that's what we do around here we have great questions exactly <laughs> uh here's another one see how powerful is it to pull a celebrity into the ufo field i know who he's asking about <laughs> demi lovato <laughs> well I, I think there's a bunch of them out there who are kind of dabbling of course there was the rock star <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh yeah, well duh. Hello, hello. <laughs> that was right in front of my face, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I, um, hey, he's what? welcome on my show anytime. But we're probably not going to talk UFOs, just for the record. I would like to just talk music, actually. With yeah, him. me too. 
because I appreciate his musical uh, accomplishments over the many years. But um, I I think it's, you know, it seems to be, you know, it's an interesting topic. And, you know, I I think Demi Lovato, I mean, she did a, you know, she had a show for maybe, I don't think it went very well, which is sad. I mean, but I, I, I think people are interested in it. I think maybe there are some celebrities that are more along the conspiracy theory lines that are going down some of the, those rabbit holes, maybe a little bit more, but I guess it just depends on where the money is. Yeah. As I say, where the money is and where they can make the money. There's yep. a slight difference there. Okay. So this isn't a question directly for you, but I'll, I'll get you to weigh in. This is more of a question for my listeners, because like I said, we're finishing UFO month. I already picked healing for next month, which I'm sure you'll find fascinating. That's great. Uh, and that leaves us with May. Now, I, I was joking with a listener earlier that it's probably going to be a coin flip, right? If I get, if I go AI, artificial intelligence, or space. Ooh. Like, I've got some people that want to come on and talk about different, like, astral, not necessarily, you know, like, what's going on out there, plus, you know, you got the, um, all the stuff going on with these companies. So space is, got, is kind of open, too. So for the listeners out there, let me know what you're thinking, which one you want to go first. And then I'll be um, touching back around that. But So what do you think? You're, you see, you got, you got excited about space because, obviously, there's much more to space than UFOs. Well, you know what? And, I mean, it's it, they're both great topics. It's just one is, is more uh, enlightening. I mean, I guess... Um, <laughs> the, 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 no, as as, as artificial just, intelligence is, it, it's a pretty low. That's a really loaded. loaded the ob- the uh, obvious answer is artificial space. Is what yeah, it was off in my chat room. Yep, yep, artificial space. That works yep. for me. We could talk about the fake moon landing for sure. That <laughs> is always a good one. Yep, that's what, what a classic. Yeah. Oh boy, how do I get in trouble in under five seconds? Or fake moon landing. Uh, <laughs> Or here, here's one. I'll say this for fun. And fun, I'm not, I don't believe this, but the people will take it and run with it. The earth is flat. Well, you know, that's always a different, uh, you know, line of thinking. But Yeah, I promised a month on that too, but I keep avoiding it. So It's clearly, clearly worked for a dozen people. I, You know, I've tried different times to talk about that. I don't know if I can do another I mean, I did a couple different shows about it. I don't know if I could do it for straight weeks, but we'll we'll see. No, yeah, no. We'll try. I mean, you could do the flat Earth and the hollow Earth. Oh, maybe. Oh, see, maybe we can talk about Earth and kind yes. of spin it that different directions. Mm-hmm. That's see. That's why you wanted to get into the uh, different things because you know how to spin these things. I know because exactly, and, and like you could talk. Well, no, you don't have to talk about Antarctica and all right. Well, I did. Oh, that's well, crazy. Well, I did have what's his name. Uh, Guy that was the uh, station captain down there. You'd probably like to talk to him, Wayne White. He has a book about being this, the, not the conspiracy Antarctica, the real Antarctica, the place you go. Oh. It's negative like eight nine degrees. Might be a oh, little how bit, cool. A little bit warmer than that, but yeah. Uh, that's I'll, that sounds like a great interview. Thank you. That would be. I'm, I'll go back and listen to. Yeah, I was gonna say go back and listen to it. And then, fun. Uh, yeah. Look at so. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> I like it. Self-promotion there. Probably, Germantown Runner told me it was the best interview of the year so far, so it's not that far back, so. Hey, excuse me. 
Well, this one isn't over yet, so you've got a chance. Okay. To... <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, maybe it's the best interview of today. Uh, well, thanks, I think. I don't know. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you've kind of hinted to what's what's next. you got this new adventure, which is exciting, but... Um, also, you kind of tipped my hand. I was thinking about that earlier. Man, I had a busy day today. I was thinking about this uh, paranormal tourism business earlier, and how much. And then you kind of you kind of laid into me there. Took it like ten steps further than I was even thinking about. Yeah, well, I I think when you know, especially with, and you have to go to uh, expandingfrontiersresearch.org to read the. The, the piece that we did about Skinwalker cast members received 175000 in county economic development funds. And you look at that, and like I mentioned, you know, they're not breaking even. And it's like they're these people are getting paid these exorbitant, you know, salaries to speak at this event, and they're not breaking even. And it's like, what is going on? And I, I you know, they're, you can look at other places where they actually do probably stimulate the economy and 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 things like that and actually generate uh, you know income but it's it's very fascinating um okay, and there's so, a lot of dirty so, dirty so, players out there so there's my task for this tourism show, show month i gotta find a place that actually generates money yes let me know and then we'll have you back on to talk about in greater length about all that because I'll let you prepare for that so you can have your facts and figures and all that other stuff in front of you. Well, that would be great. And I think, like, too, if you're, you know, doing this in in a lighthearted or a factual way, um, factual is very important. I I think that's that's great, you know, a great way to stimulate tourism. But when you're promoting, um, you're promoting the hitchhiker effect and, you know, I mean, just absolute nonsense that is negative. This is this has a negative impact on people, especially if people have um, mental health issues. It's like, it's why are you using tourism, especially, you know, here in, in Utah where we've got a governor who has just restricted, uh, uh, signed a bill to restrict children, teenagers from using social media without parental consent. It's like, how can the governor do things like that and be concerned about mental health and then be involved with people that are promoting a ranch that is fictitious and it is promoting dangerous, I believe, uh, claims. And so it, it's a fascinating uh, topic and I think it's an important topic because there are areas where people are conducting real research that mm-hmm. is shared openly. And, you, you know, over in Heshtal in Norway, they did that for many, many, for decades and and accomplished some incredible things and this was science this was a very very cool um project and that's that that should be the model for what we do not making money for a handful of people selling unverified claims there's my spiel thank you for listening (laughs) thanks for attending uh, erica's ted talk i know that was good (laughs) yep (laughs) i'm practicing that's what we need or it won't be Ted, though, but whatever. You know, and I, I think, and I wanted to just say, because I know that there are a lot of people, and I was one of them that, you know, like 
the oh Skinwalker Ranch, you know, Hook Landed Skinker Sinker and and all of these things. And you know, I went through a period of time where I was defending people and I look back and I think, whoa, okay, no. And I I really want people to learn again from my my mistakes, from me going down certain rabbit holes and I have probably researched that ranch more than the people that work on that ranch. And I will say that to their faces. <laughs> and I would love to have uh, a conversation in public about these things. You know, I mean, let's, let's bring it on. I know more about that area than you guys do. Give me a break. So, um, I feel very confident in, in my claims that there is nothing to that ranch and people should look to cool places like, like Norway and the Heshtalan, uh, phenomena. So the fascinating thing is because I went, I investigated a place that was on one of those p- paranormal TV shows, ghost hunting shows, not the ghost hunters, but a ghost hunting show. And uh, they claimed that this kid died in the creek outside. And I'm thinking, that's funny. I never heard that story. I never, I mean, it's a creek. Yeah, I get it, right? It's very possible. But yet, I never seen anything like that related to that place. So is that a fake story to, oh, yes, then there was a kid outside playing. Oh, now we've got our story. I got it. Okay. Well, I have to tell you, and I know we're maybe going to go just a tad bit over time, um, but you get me going and here, here you got it. <laughs> but I am um, went over when I was, because like I said, I loved, you know, I love ghost stories. I love adventures. I mean, whatever I am um, went over, I had to do some uh, business over in, in uh, the UK and I talked to a group of my friends to, you know, Hey, let's go over, come over with me. And then we're going to stay in all of these haunted castles down the middle of Ireland that I had seen on, you know, Europe's most haunted and yada, yada, yada. And, and it was, I mean, we had, we were at, um, oh my gosh, why can't I remember? Lep Castle. And we had, we, it's a private residence, but we ended up going in there and, and, you know, this Sean Ryan was the castle owner and he was this tin whistle player and I mean, a brilliant musician. And we ended up, he showed us the, the bloody chapel and all of these things where these stories took place. But we ended up um, jamming. So he called Bob from down the road. He bring his keyboard up. We ended up, you know, I was singing with them and we did a, an impromptu gig in front of his haunted fireplace. And then we went to Kennedy Castle and, you know, you check in and, and I wanted to stay in the, the room that where the bride threw herself off, you know, on the wedding day, the typical kind of thing. Um, like you see in, uh, uh, California. Oh my gosh. The Coronado is the Coronado hotel, same kind of thing. But so we, you know, get there and, and I want to stay in this room and everybody behind the desk. Oh, well, you can't do that. These people left in the middle of the night. They left their clothes, their baggage. Oh yes. I'm good. I'm staying there. Get me in. And so. <laughs> I end up um, sitting by the, the hearth, uh, talking to the castle owner, uh, and you know until two or three in the morning. And he um, tells me, "Well, you know, it, it's called tourism. It's called I'm trying to keep this castle open, and maybe there were a couple things that were embellished at the time, and 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 things." And so I'm just like, "Oh, you know, you're breaking my heart here <laughs> because I'm traveled all over, you know." You know, I'll, you know, halfway across the world and I'm thinking these things, but I will tell you, like, we, it was so funny because I don't, one really quick, I'm sorry, but I love this story. I was staying, you know, in the haunted room and one of my girlfriends, um, was, we were sharing a room and then my other two friends had another 
room in, in the castle and she got spooked out and I was up talking to the owner until, you know, the wee hours of the morning hearing these great stories that ruined my my little thought about the ghost thing. But um and so I went to to bed and she wasn't there and there was this creepy little statue in the corner. And I'm like, oh my lord, oh my lord, you know, my mind's racing and I'm like, I've got to put some clothes on that statue. It's freaking me out. I I don't know. So I went down to I got kind of a little spooked and, you know, your imagination goes wild and I, I walked down to the you know, end of the creaky hall and the floors are, you know, making noises and I'm banging on this big, you know, metal or wood door with a, you know, thing and, and, and I, they wouldn't let me in. And the next morning I got to the breakfast table and they were all sitting there just white. They were mortified. They're like, last night this ghost came to the door and it was banging on the door and it said, let me in, let me in. And I'm just like, okay, awkward. That was me. But like, so (laughs) (laughs) like, even if there weren't like paranormal stories, we still had so much fun. And of course, paranormal stories, like you mentioned when, you know, when you, you know, um, we're talking about it, paranormal stories are a great selling point for specific places, but that's what we do. There's my story. Thanks for letting me share. (laughs) Okay. So I've got one more question for you and we're slightly over, but this one shouldn't take you that long. This is a very simple, simple question. Ready? Yep. Favorite breakfast? I love poached eggs and wheat toast. And what are you drinking with that? A Diet Coke. Ooh. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. I'm switching to green tea. I really am. No, I, I, I'm not making a – it's just, you know. Yeah, I know. Health and fitness professional, yes. It's yes. true. Well, Erica, I'll I'll have you back on to talk about the stores. I'm probably thinking September, October, obviously. That'd be great. It's so much fun to talk to you. This just flew by, and and I want to thank everybody for asking the great questions in chat. They they definitely make me look smart, which is wonderful because, well, anyways, we'll leave that go. Awesome. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. And just for the fun fact of my lips and my sound not working right, we're just going to play. Here we go. We're going to restart the clock. Have a good night, everybody. Where's the clock at? Where's the clock at? Here we go. Restarting it now. So we got a few seconds left. Subscribe, YouTube. It's the Mallard Report. Yeah, the Mallard Report. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Kearns and I host the Anglo-Saxon England podcast, where I cover the history and culture of England from the departure of the Romans in the 5th century to the Norman Conquest in 1066. So far we've surveyed the collapse of Roman rule in Britain, the migration of the Anglo-Saxons and the history of Northumbria from its beginnings in the mists of legend to its destruction at the hands of Viking raiders in the 9th century. I hope you'll come and give it a go.